0: Welcome to the
1: Daily Boogie.
0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. It's the Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Absolute pleasure to be with you once again. Hope you had a lovely night. I certainly did. Tonight's recommended snack, ladies and gentlemen, Bite-sized megabyte chunks of chips. Tonight's recommended drink. Uh, Let's go with a red spider. Do you know what a spider is? It's when you put the ice cream in the soda. I don't know if you guys get that or not. Have a spider on me. Skull. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Absolute pleasure to be with you once again, like I said, for this Wednesday night. I hope you had a lovely night. I certainly did. Thank you for sharing the show out. If you did, if you didn't, well, that's okay too. I guess you don't have to. I wouldn't if I were you. Uh, I would definitely not be sharing this show out tonight. (laughs) If you want to remain popular with your friends, do not share this show out. If you want to, you know, stay on the team, if the team is really important to you, do not share this show out. Uh, if, (laughs) If you find yourself in an increasingly smaller social circle and you're worried about that, do not share the show out. If you don't give a fuck, then by all means, hit that share button. Get that shit out there. As the title indicates, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we are going to explore our newfound love of the tech giants. Yes, as of 24 hours ago, <laughs> the free world is now celebrating, <laughs> celebrating the new patriots of San Francisco, ladies and gentlemen. God bless Amazon. God bless Microsoft. God bless fucking Google. They're the best. They- i I'm, I'm so glad. I love fucking Google now. (laughs) So we're going to take a trip back into the time machine. We're going to analyze the last four years of rhetoric about Google, uh, testimony about Google, clips about Google, uh, accusations towards Google, evidence against Google, and we're going to marry that up with the fact that we now love Google (laughs) because they're MAGA, so... That'll be fun. <laughs> like I said, don't share this fucking show out. I'm warning you. If you're concerned, if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to uh, lose any of your red hat friends, then today would not be the, ta- the day to share the show out. But um, like, I've got to be honest with you. I've got to bring you this stuff as I see it. Otherwise, what's the fucking point in doing this? So uh, we'll get to that. Got plenty of other stuff as well. Got a whole bunch of random articles from around the web. Uh, Apparently in Nevada, they're changing the licensing system for how you get allocated a driver's license because apparently the drivers are so bad there. (laughs) I'm not making this up. Apparently the drivers are so bad in Nevada that they're making it easy to get the license because too many people are failing the test. And if that's not a microcosm of where society is, generally speaking, now... Like, hey, if if life's too hard, that's okay. Let's just stop living, you know. If something's too hard, let's just make it easier instead of getting better, to be able to, to make sure that we can do it. So, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I've also got some more, uh, a new alarming development in the coronavirus scandal. Corona Chan, ladies and gentlemen, we will do that as well. Plus, uh, I've got some election stuff, I've got some Democrat stuff. So, yeah. Lots to get through. Hope you're doing well. And like I said, let's kick it off tonight, shall we, with celebrating our newfound patriotism. Well, the newfound patriotism of the tech giants, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Gary Vance said, my last lemon for the Google show. Let's kick it off. Uh, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, by the way, patreon.com slash bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course... If you would like to complain that today's show has cost you the last of your uh, Donald Trump supporting friends, then that's okay. You can complain to me directly uh, by following me on Twitter, at boogiebumper. Thank you for the diamonds, UK now. Thank you for the diamonds, Gypsy. Where did you get the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamonds from, Gypsy? Yeah, if you'd like to complain about the last of your red hat friends leaving you as a result of your fandom of this program then by all means follow me on twitter uh get in touch with me at boogie bumper and i will summarily tell you to go fuck yourself because <laughs> i don't care anymore that's it i don't care i'm done i'm not pandering to you <clears throat> i'm not pandering to anyone anymore <clears throat> because this uh, this could be one of the most ridiculous things i've ever seen Based on... I can't can't pretend like the last three years hasn't happened. Just because somebody says something yesterday. So, let's get into it. Uh, Let's start at the beginning, shall we? Which will conveniently wrap us up towards the end. Uh, Who remembers this clip? Who remembers this delightful little clip of these very powerful executives in the tech industry? Uh, (laughs) Self-flagellating throwing themselves on the mercy of their employees it was like a, a it was like a six-figure funded cry session it was like an emotional support group for people who again get paid ridiculous sums of money to apparently be very analytical very logical and not very emotional when it comes to programming i mean you can't you can't convince a program uh that it feels sad or happy so I, this was very strange to me when it came out. Let's let's just refresh our memory. let will do a little bit of a refresher course on the Google relationship to Maga over the last few years, shall we?
2: I know this is probably not the most joyous uh, TJF we have had. No, most uh, people here are. Uh... Pretty upset and pretty sad because of the election.
0: I'm glad uh, we're getting together uh, at a moment. I, I've just, I've actually just got a news alert on another monitor that I have to track, like news alerts. And breaking news: the Iowa Democratic Party chair resigns after caucus fiasco. <laughs> what? Why would he do that? I don't normally do breaking news, but that that's just happened now. Apparently, the Iowa Democratic party chair has resigned ladies and gentlemen after the caucus fiasco you remember they couldn't keep the counts they couldn't get the numbers in i th- I still think they i think they still haven't got 100 of the reporting in yet believe it or not so he's resigned um but why would he do that we played the video on this show on monday wasn't it didn't 4chan cause that wasn't that all 4chan's fault remember Remember, we saw the guy on CNN who said, we found one post on 4chan at 10 o'clock at night. And then apparently an unnamed source at the DNC in Iowa said, there's a whole bunch of Donald Trump supporters making prank phone calls. And this was apparently what caused the meltdown in, in Iowa. Because you see, it would be wrong to solicit any kind of blame on the Democrat Party themselves, just because the Democrats, you know, owned the process, owned the delegates, owned the people reporting, owned the people counting numbers, owned the app, ran ran the whole show from top to bottom, it would be wrong to blame them at all. So we blame 4chan for that one. So I don't know why he would resign. He's obviously innocent. It doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway little bit of breaking news there let's get back to our history lesson shall we over the last three years like this and i think it's a very stressful time
3: it's been an extraordinarily stressful time i'm it's sure very for, stressful uh may, many of you there is
0: a lot of fear within google i'm fear.
4: googlers who are full of fear
0: there's fear in google Googlers are full of fear I, i'm i'm happy to report google you have no reason to fear anymore we love you now <laughs> donald trump loves you now here there are people who are very afraid they're big fan, big fan of, big fan the of Google.
4: Future. They're full of fear
5: about what the uncertainty means for them and their families.
2: It's uncertain for many of us here, um, you know, especially immigrants or minorities, mm. uh,
3: women. Mm. Women, blacks, yep. you know, people yep. who are afraid based on religion, the LGBTQ community. Yeah, I'd Just yep.
5: advise us all to be calm.
3: Just be
0: calm. Just try to be calm. Don't get upset in any way, shape, or form. Remember, your anger is only a result of the intolerance that has been directed towards you, which we cannot point to any evidence of. Just try to remain calm, ladies and gentlemen. Just try to remain calm. Don't do anything crazy. You are the powerful people of Google. You are the rich, the powerful. You are the trendsetters, ladies and gentlemen. Just try to remain calm.
4: You know, there's a GCOM place on um, that you can go to and just take take a breath. Heal-
0: That's reassuring, isn't it? Do you remember? That? <laughs> Literally, the largest, richest, most powerful corporation in human history by far. Like it's not even close. It's not even a close run thing. The most powerful corporation in human history, by lengths of the field, has a nice little safe room for people who, after somebody, uh, you know, expresses their their right in the Republic of the United States to vote for a particular individual to become the leader of said Republic, there is a room where all of these people who are part of again the richest, most powerful corporation that has ever been known to man, there's a room where they can escape. A nice, quiet place. Maybe we'll we'll call it a bunker. We'll call it the safety bunker. The panic room. And they can go down there and, you know, let the stresses evaporate, let the troubles of the world roll over them. Don't just, just remain calm. Try to remain calm.
4: Healing is a process. It does take time.
2: As an immigrant time. and a refugee, mm. I certainly find the selection
4: uh, deeply offensive. It did mm. feel like a
0: D- deeply offensive, deeply offensive
4: ton of bricks dropped on my chest.
0: I always wonder why. I, again, I, I think I'm just a cynical person who doesn't get, you know, em- too emotionally invested in things too often. Like I've often said on this show, I'm, I'm not really capable of human emotions anymore except for fleeting moments of white-hot rage that only last a few seconds and then it dissipates again. That's, that's all I've got left in the tank. I'm an emotional flatliner now. Now I just you know kind of kick back and laugh while the world burns because I know that there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> so I always wondered what, what, the, what the difference is between offensive and deeply offensive. Yeah, I, I, isn't offensive enough like that's always offensive to be offended by something to be offended against I would imagine is deep in nature anyway because to cause some kind of uh, you know visceral emotional response in somebody then it must hit you deep down right in the first place oh no I'm not I'm not just offended I'm deeply offended ah right it always struck me as one of these pointless words that gets thrown in. It doesn't really add anything to the situation. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't prove anything. But you say it just to make it sound worse than what it already is. But again, that's just me. Maybe I'm just a jerk. Could that could be true as well?
4: Test.
2: Trump, specifically, who I know many of us find very offensive,
4: so and I've had a chance to talk to a lot of deeply offensive Googlers and people have said different words, similar concept. How mm-hmm. painful this is! Painful. Right?
2: painful Find a lot of so many things that Trump said very offensive. I
4: reached out to someone close to me who was at the Javits Center where the big celebration was supposed to occur in New York City. Somebody who had been working on the campaign. And um, I just sent him a note and said, Are you you okay? It looks like it's going the wrong way. And I got back a very sad short text um, that read People are leaving, staff is crying, we're going to lose.
0: We're going to lose, we, the collective, as in we are part of the team that is not going to win, <laughs> i.e. the other side of the Trump supporters, okay? So you remember that, you remember that. Uh, who remembers this guy from a couple of years ago? Remember this guy, Robert Epstein, the lifelong Democrat and liberal who is a professor at the American Institute for Behavioural Research and Technology, obviously a right-wing conspiracy theorist, he gave this testimony to the Senate in July, what, in July? No, where was this? August 2019. So it wasn't that long ago. So we don't have to go that far back in the memory banks to remember this. Number
6: one, in 2016, Google's search algorithm likely impacted undecided voters in a way that shifted at least 2.6 million votes to Hillary Clinton, mm. whom I supported. I know this because I preserved more than 13,000 election-related searches prior to election day, and Google's search results were significantly biased in favor of Secretary...
0: Alan G in the chat says, these virtue signals just don't get Trump. Oh, Hold your horses, my my young friend. Hold your horses there, laddie. I, because, because the times they are changing. That, that's all changed now. We love Google now. Google's great. Google's patriot. Google's a patriotic company. Google is MAGA now. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll get to it. Very Clinton. Hold your horses. Hold your horses there, laddie. Let's not go casting aspersions on the good patriots of Google. Let's not go around saying bad things about the, the good men and women, the hardworking men and women, the heroes of Google. Like they, they, they love Donald Trump now. They love it. <laughs> <laughs> and he loves them. It's great. I love this. This is progress.
6: I know the number of votes that shifted because I've conducted dozens of controlled experiments that measure how opinions shift when search results are biased. Mm -hmm. I call this shift SEAM, the search engine manipulation effect, which I first published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences in 2015. Mm -hmm. Biased search results can easily produce shifts in the opinions and voting preferences of undecided voters by up to eighty percent in mm. some demographic groups mm. because people blindly trust high ranking search results over lower ones. Yeah,
0: people blindly trust a lot of things. I've come to find. Blindly. Alan Alan's saying BS, you haven't you haven't even let me you haven't even let me get to it yet. And you're already saying it's bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit. Bullshit! Do not pay any attention to this man. Don't listen to anything he says. Everything he says is a fucking lie. I told you, this is not the show to share out today. (laughs) Uh, What have we got next? Oh, this, this is a happy little reminder. This is from December last year, ladies and gentlemen. So we're talking, what, two months ago. Let's call it three months. Let's be fair. Let's round it up. Three months ago.
6: President Trump has been advertising a lot on YouTube lately. Have you uh, taken down any of President Trump's ads at all?
5: There are ads of President Trump that were not approved to run on Google or YouTube. Mm -hmm. Do you
6: have an example?
5: Mm. Well, they're available in our transparency report. Uh,
6: Kind of. Google keeps an archive of political ads. And we looked at President Trump's ads. Over 300 videos were taken down, mostly over the summer.
0: 300. to 300 videos. That's it? Just 300? The archive doesn't detail <laughs> what rules they violated. No, they, they don't have to tell you what rules they violated. We just took them down. We don't like him.
6: <laughs> There's no transparency in the transparency report. The ads typically did run for a few days before they were taken down, mm-hmm. and Google got paid for them. Mm. As you know, conservatives think that you discriminate against them. How do you answer that?
5: Well, first of all, there are lots of very successful conservatives creators on YouTube. Yep. Our systems, our algorithms, they don't have any concept of understanding you know, what's a Democrat, what's a Republican. Yeah. And we do hear this criticism from all sites. Um, we also have people um, who come from more liberal backgrounds who complain about discrimination, um, and so I think that.
0: that's that's fun. That's always the fun part because they say, "Well, we don't, we don't. Our algorithms don't know the difference between conservative and liberal. Like that, it doesn't know the difference. It is completely apolitical. They don't know the difference between what a conservative thinks and what a liberal thinks. No, that's true. But they just write into the algorithm, um, you know, the the types of opinions that conservatives have. That crosses the algorithm. They don't have to write, you know, Republican voter." If, if the algorithm identifies a Republican guy, get rid of him. If the algorithm identifies a conservative, get rid of him. But if somebody says something like, I don't know, we need more strict immigration policy, then all of a sudden it'll say, I found a racist. <laughs> Let's get rid of that fucking guy. So, you know, it's bullshit.
5: <laughs> no matter who you are, yeah. we are trying to enforce our policies in a consistent way.
0: For- uh, very consistent. But it is true. Like, there are a lot of... um you know, lefty kind of hippie people that get ripped down off YouTube as well. It's not just the conservatives. I mean, we know that there's people who run organic gardens who speak against companies like Monsanto, for example, or genetically modified foods. They've had their channels taken down or like the hippie anti-vaxxers who vote Democrat. They've been taken down as well. So, you know, she's right. It's not just conservatives, Uh, but I think you'd be you know, particularly naive to assume that it's really slanted, you know, you'd be naive to say that it's not slanted one way just because of the kinds of approved policies and approved opinions that you're allowed to have because over the last 10 years or so, particular political positions have been redefined as, you know, violations of human rights or manifestations of racism instead of just being a political policy. So you can write that into the algorithm and off with his head. Off with his head.
7: President Trump's latest attack on big tech came via Twitter yesterday. I want to show you what he wrote. He said that Sundar Pichai, this is the CEO of Google, uh, was in the Oval Office working very hard to explain how much he liked me. What a great job the administration is doing, (laughs) that Google was not involved with China's military, that they didn't help crooked Hillary over me in the
0: 2000s. Do you remember this? This was August last year. So again, we don't have to go too far in the memory banks. 16 election. We love Google now.
7: And that they are not planning to illegally subvert the 2020 election despite all that has been said. To the contrary, it all sounded good until I watched Kevin Kernanke a Google engineer, say terrible things about what they did in 2016 and that they want to make sure Trump loses in 2020. The president concluded by saying, all very illegal. We are watching Google very closely.
0: We're watching Google very closely. We're monitoring the situation. We're monitoring the situation. Part of the reason why I'm doing this little brief little history lesson is to, you know, in my in my in my view, attempt to show the how can i put this? the absurdity of you know, hoping that somebody is going to save you. <laughs> the absurdity of investing your hopes and dreams on a particular issue into somebody who probably has no real understanding of what the issue is to begin with and i've said this before and i'll fucking say it again and every time i say this every time i express this reality um a lot of people seem to get upset for some reason i don't know maybe it conflicts with something some you know other reality that they've designed in their head or whatever but um i think it's fairly probable that donald trump for all for all of the good things and for all of the bad things I think it's very realistic that Donald Trump does not understand the issue when it comes to uh, you know privacy on the internet, big data collection. Uh, for example, uh, one of his one of his number one guys in his inner circle is a guy named Peter Thiel, who for some reason most people only think of as the gay billionaire who supports Donald Trump when in reality he was one of the original funders of Facebook and runs a company called Palantir, which is at the forefront of violating people's privacy on the internet. So that's one. He's one of the, you know, he's one of his advisors. He's not just a gay billionaire who likes Trump. (laughs) He's also one of the big powerful movers and shakers in the tech world. Who if you, you know, if you spend a little time reading about Palantir and what they do, uh, you would quickly come to the conclusion that He's probably not on your side, to put it one way. Um, The other reason I suspect that he doesn't really understand the issues when it comes to privacy on the internet, big data collection, the kind of invasive um, practices of big tech is because he doesn't really do the internet. He does Twitter, but he said it himself. He doesn't even send emails. He does Twitter because he can take out the phone and like a text message, write something and hit send and that's it. Right? And I'm not even saying it's necessarily a bad thing. I don't expect the guy to be across everything. Nobody can be across anything. Nobody can be across everything all at the same time. That's, you know, that's impossible for people. Especially when you're you're a busy guy like the president is. So I've always had a level of scepticism when people would come to me and say things like, no, Donald Trump understands what's happening on the internet. Donald Trump understands the censorship issue on the internet. And he understands that these tech giants are doing bad things. And he understands that your data, he understands privacy. I would just be like, no, he doesn't. He doesn't even know how to send an email. (laughs) Where are you getting this idea from? Is this based on reality? Or is this what you're projecting onto the guy because you want it to be true? So let's carry it, let's continue.
7: Google coming out in response saying, the statements made by this disgruntled former employee are absolutely false. Joining us right now to break all of this down and what it means, what it means for Google, what it means for the tech complex. Uh, what does Alex it mean Ketschwitz for Google? Pennerowitz is a senior tech reporter at BuzzFeed. Has covered a lot oh, of this. Oh, BuzzFeed! Oh, yeah. BuzzFeed. Tickham from uh, <laughs> a senior writer at, uh, Wired is joining us as well. You know, we've had the Peter Thiel comments in the past couple of weeks about China uh, and its relationship with Google, and then we had Steve Mnuchin come on and say, "Actually, no, there's not a problem there." And then it seemed like the president was with Google, and then he
0: just another just another thing to store in the file. Just another thing to store in the memory file, because I remembered that. I remembered Steve Mnuchin coming out and saying, <laughs> "Don't be ridiculous. China is Google isn't working with China. Google isn't working with the Chinese government to develop something. What was it called again? Dragonfly was that what is that what it's called? God, don't be silly. What are you some kind of right? What are you some kind of conspiracy theorist? That's not happening. It reminds me of the time." It reminds me of the time all those weeks ago when A.G. Barr came out and said, it's ridiculous to say that uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. You know, A.G. Barr came out and said, we've got no evidence. We've got no reason to suspect that there was anything untoward that happened to Jeffrey Epstein. In fact, I endorse the official story. A.G. Barr. But we just pretend like that didn't happen. We move past that. <laughs> That's not an issue. That's that didn't happen. I mean, you've got people literally, you know, kind of photo bombing Fox News saying Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. A whole bunch of Trump supporters: Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. This is bullshit. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't do it. He was murdered. The cameras, the footage was taken away. This is a cover up. This is BS. Whilst at the same time. The AG, who those same people say is such a good guy who's going to get to the bottom of it, comes out and says, no, 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 that didn't happen. No, he literally killed himself exactly like it said in the report. So, you know, stop being a conspiracy theorist. These two things run concurrently, side by side to one another, parallel. It's fascinating to me. So let's carry on.
7: He turned around, what's happening here, Alex? Well, look, there's an election coming up in 2020, and I think that the president is aware that these platforms are powerful. They China. are a place people come to to look, at, look for news. Um, and, you know, I don't think that there's like a bunch of people sitting in a room saying this candidate should win. This can- uh,
0: Yes, there was. We just watched a video of it. <laughs> what did he say? Uh, again, like everybody's, everybody's a piece of shit today. So the guy from Buzzfeed says, "I don't think that there's you know people sitting in a room saying that we don't think this candidate should win." Oh, contraire, comrade, we just watched it. Remember,
3: many of you. There is a lot of fear within Google.
0: I'm Google is <laughs> full of fear. There are people who
3: are very afraid. Full of
0: fear. I don't think You're that sure there's people, people at Google sitting around in a room saying many, that a certain yeah, candidate yeah. should win. It's certain for many of us here. Um,
2: no, 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 no immigrants or minorities didn't she
3: say uh, when, we're going I mean, to lose <laughs> you know people who were afraid based on religion
0: yeah, the lgbtq yeah, community well, would- gotcha oh, hang on
4: just advise us all to be calm
0: be calm you know there's a calm
4: place on uh, that you can go to and mm. just take take a breath yeah. healing is a process it does take time
2: as an immigrant and a rough ref- so
0: there was <laughs> i don't know i don't know even i don't even know um I'm not angry, but I don't even know who I'm, who I'm targeting today. I'm, I'm just targeting unreality. I'm targeting false reality today. Why not? Fuck it. Because I can. Because I want to. That's why. So, you know, the guy from BuzzFeed says there was not a room of people sitting around talking about how they wanted a candidate to win. We just watched the clip. Okay? So let's, let's carry on. Let's put that to one side.
7: Candidate should lose. Um, But if Trump can get into the back of the people's heads at Google and, you know, when they're thinking about taking down a video or they're thinking about how they want to figure out Mm. the way that Google News works, Mm. if they can think, hey, how is Trump going to respond to this in a tweet? That's a victory for him, because, you know, I think that it's in Trump's interest to, like, have the content be kind of freewheeling. Like we saw on Facebook, there was a lot of sensationalists and fake news um, (laughs) in 2016 and and Trump won. And maybe he wants the same thing to happen this time around.
0: Uh. BuzzFeed. You can trust BuzzFeed to always push a certain barrow, can't you? That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Let's go to August 30 of 2018, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Discussions here the last couple of days, guys, about how their social media is getting on the left for election meddling and privacy and now getting it on the right for would-be political bias. And it's going to be, I don't know, fascinating to see how... Dorsey and Sandberg navigate uh, questioning, at least on the congressional level.
0: Uh, Andrew Jackson in the chat, my moderator on YouTube, (laughs) uh, wishes to make an announcement to everybody who's watching today. Uh, Notice, I've been drinking mint-based moonshine since noon, sourced locally, which is good, that's jobs, and the chat might get a little wonky at times. So if you are in the YouTube chat, be aware, there is a drunken moderator on the loose, um, but... You know the policy here. Once you get once you get the hatchet, once you get the axe, once you get the moderators badge in the Daily Boogie universe, you essentially become an independent terror cell. You can go around and take out whoever you want. Like I, they run independent of central command. I am not issuing orders. I don't have to issue orders. There is a there's like a base ideology that everyone subscribes to. But then after that point, uh, if people go rogue, then you know, it's not on okay. They could be banning everybody in the chat right now as we speak, and I wouldn't even know. I don't know. So just want to let you know there's a drunken moderator on YouTube. <laughs>
5: Yes, absolutely. And then when you think about um, the other issue and the sort of issue of man versus machine, Trump right now is attacking the Google machine and the algorithms that it Mm. that they employ, Mm. saying that the algorithms are biased. And then he's also we're also seeing an attack on the human side um, at Facebook, Google, and Twitter, saying that those companies are biased. You know, there was a story that
0: it was around this time. If I could take you back, ladies and gentlemen, to the heady days of 2018 and 2019. It seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? So long ago, I can barely remember what I was doing. No, that's a lie. I remember what I was doing. I was talking. To, I was talking to people, mostly conservatives, who were really, really, really concerned about bias in social media and bias on the internet. And the same people were convinced that uh, the president was going to save them from this bias and from this censorship because he understands, right? He gets it. He's watching guys. Don't worry. There's going to be lawsuits. There's going to be class action lawsuits. Do you remember this? There's going to be class action lawsuits. There's going to be antitrust court cases. He's going to take them to court. He's going to break them up. He's going to do all of this stuff. He's going to save you from big tech. He's going to save you from the censorship. Remember that? It was a big, you know, wave of support that he was happy to ride. Because let's be honest here, the internet community was a big part of the energy for this guy's campaign in 2016. To suggest otherwise would be revisionist history. If you don't think, you know, the shit posters and the trollers and the meme makers and all of that kind of stuff had an influence, however small the influence might have been, the influence was there. It was definitely a part of the whole, uh, you know, the paradigm, the psyche of whatever MAGA is in 2016. It was there; it was a big part of it. It was a chunk, a chunklet. So, these were the conversations that we're having, you know, in 2018. Oh, it's it's antitrust. It's bias. They're breaking the law. People are going to go to jail. He's, he's He's got it under control. Don't worry. He's monitoring the situation. And when the president says he's monitoring the situation, it means look out. Look out, bad guys, because we're coming for you. That was generally the talk in 2018, 2019. They came out earlier. This- Just to refresh the memories. Just to refresh the memory like one might refresh a mint-based moonshine at noon on a Tuesday. Or this a Wednesday, whatever it, fucking day it group is. Of
5: Facebook employees. Hey, if you have
0: enough moonshine, it doesn't matter what day it is. <laughs>
5: who accused the sort of overall tone of the company mm. um, for being biased against conservatives. Yeah. So we're starting to see more of that come out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like these tech companies just can't win. One thing no, I have to no. point out, though, is that Google has come under attack for not sending a C-suite level executive to these hearings next week. And yep.
0: He- Remember, we covered the hearings with the Google executives on this show. And we pointed out how they were lying, how they were making shit up, how they were obfuscating, how they were manipulating the truth. And then we brought up evidence to back up our claims. We brought up evidence to back up the counterclaims that we were making on this program. We spent hours covering that shit. So it's not, you know, I could have, I could have gone back and brought up all of those Senate hearings, but expediency being what it is. I just decided to pinpoint a couple of little data points over the last couple of years to hopefully bring our memories back, you know, fresh into the forefront of our minds. Here it is. (laughs) This was... This was... When was this? August the 6th last year, ladies and gentlemen. We are watching Google very closely. We are going, going... We're going to watch Google... Google has been doing some very bad things. I hear that they're targeting conservatives. Don't worry. We're watching them very closely.
4: President Trump on Tuesday said his administration is watching Google very closely very to see closely. if the company will try to impact the 2020 election. President said Google CEO Sundar Pichai told him the company didn't influence the 2016 election, didn't do it. but the president voiced concerns with that narrative citing a former Google employee who alleges the company fired him over his politically conservative views. <laughs> Trump tweeted, quote, <laughs> at Sundar Pichai of Google, was in <clears throat> the Oval Office working very hard to explain how, how much he, he
0: liked, liked me. Sundar Pichai, big Trump fan. So let's fast forward to yesterday. And the tone has changed somewhat. Trump again takes credit for the bull market, touts a different kind of MAGA, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and Apple. Yay. Yay. We love our trillionaire companies. Yay. Look at all the tremendous things they're doing for the economy. Look how much money they make. Isn't it good? (laughs) Amazon last week officially became only the fourth US company in history to close the trading session with a market capitalization of at least $1 trillion. Joining tech behemoths, Microsoft, Apple, and Google parent Alphabet. Well... That sounds like the kind of stock market stat President Donald Trump loves to take credit for. And once again, he didn't disappoint. So, you know, he's taking credit Ring for it. Ring the bell and get your he's cheese, owning it. man. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, Kimmy. So he's taking credit for it. No one's making him take credit for it. He's putting his arm around the companies. Look what I've done for you. Look what I'm doing for you. <laughs> This is a an American success story. During an Oval Office press gathering Tuesday where he reportedly announced a bill related to STEM careers for veterans, he held up this sheet of paper. Let's go to the video. Let's do it live. Ladies and gentlemen. We have
8: $4 trillion companies. One is Microsoft, one is Apple, one is Google, one is Amazon. So you have Amazon, Google, Apple, and Microsoft. and so you have an M, you have an A you have a G and you have an A you have mag uh, <laughs> yay
0: yay <laughs> good night everybody <laughs> good night everyone isn't it great isn't it wonderful aren't you happy you should be happy I mean you had you had these ideas you had these ambitions you had these you know long-held beliefs that you know freedom of expression on the internet should be preserved uh, you had these ideas that you know these crazy conspiracy theories that companies like Google were Artificially manipulating elections through, you know, underhanded means and underhanded fashion. In an underhanded fashion, you had guys like longtime, uh, lifetime Democrats like Dr. Epstein testify to this using scientific analysis. You had uh, Google executives, ladies and gentlemen, crying, talking about how they've, you know, how they're living in fear how they were working for the other guy, the other guy, the other person. You had all of these things swirling around. He said, don't worry, I'm monitoring the situation. There's going to be lawsuits. There's going to be class action lawsuits. There's going to be investigations. I'm monitoring it very closely. Well, he is monitoring them very closely. It doesn't get much closer than patting the guy on the back in the Oval Office and giving a round of applause. (laughs) When he says Google is MAGA, do you want to say it again? I want to say it again.
8: We have four trillion dollar companies. One is Microsoft, one is Apple, one is Google, one is Amazon. Mm -hmm. So you have Amazon, Google, Apple, and Microsoft. And so you have an M, you have an A, you have a G, and you have an A. You have MAGA. MAGA.
0: You have MAGA.
8: Yay. Yay.
0: (laughs) There you have it. I don't know what to tell you. <coughs> I don't I don't know what to tell you at this point. I mean, and people are going to rationalize things, right? I mean, for example, for example, I had a guy tell me personally that the like cons- the Roger Stone thing, right? I had a guy tell me literally, like this was his actual opinion, which is fine, you can have whatever opinion you want. His opinion was that Roger Stone, Donald Trump, and MAGA, because I don't know what MAGA is now. It's, it's something out there, it's some kind of thing, but whatever it is, everybody's got a different interpretation of it. So his opinion was that. <laughs> Nam diggers. I'll see
9: you in hell.
0: Thank you for joining us, Nam diggers. <laughs> his opinion was that uh, the Trump administration is sending Roger Stone... They want Roger Stone to go to prison, right? They want him to go to prison in order to, get this, to set a precedence for other... for the real criminals to go to prison. (laughs) Now, I know the prosecutors today, four of them have resigned, apparently in protest. I don't know. Uh, I know the DOJ doesn't want Roger to go to jail, jail for nine years. I think they only want him to go to jail for three or four so it's a lot nicer for Roger. Don't worry. It's only, it's only four years, mate. Take one for the team. You will be out when Donald Trump is out of office. It's, like, it's almost like a pardon, okay? But this was the opinion, that, that they want Roger Stone to go to prison in order to set a precedence for the real criminals, who are apparently all of the Democrats, who are all, it's only a matter of time now before they end up in Gitmo, Right? It would have set a precedence for those people to go to prison. And my, my first thought, which I couldn't help, my first thought, buy, buy loser boogie, <laughs> be positive, says buy loser. <laughs> okay, see you later. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us. So, of course, my first thought was, uh, isn't there already a fucking precedence to send corrupt people to prison? I'm pretty sure there is. I'm pretty sure we've already sent guilty people to prison before. I don't know that Roger Stone needs to be the guy that, to set a precedence for other people to go to jail. Isn't there like a whole bunch of people in prison already? <laughs> Isn't there a whole bunch of law, uh, court cases and laws already on the books? I'm sure Roger is sitting there, if he knows this plan, I'm sure Roger is sitting there going, really, do I have to, why do I have to be the, the guy? Don't why do I have to go to jail in order to get, you know, the other side to get them to go to jail? I don't I don't understand. Isn't there already laws against what they're doing? Isn't there already precedents for this? Shut up, Roger! Take one for the team, mate. We're trying to set a precedence here. If you go to prison, then everybody else will go to prison. Ah. So, you know, this is what you're dealing with. <laughs> James in the chat. That's dumb as shit. <laughs> That's out there. This is what I got told. I, I didn't even respond. I've got to be honest, I didn't even, I didn't even respond. I was just like, okay, <laughs> I don't know what to say to this person. <laughs> because clearly, reality is whatever they want it to be at any particular time. And like I've just shown you, a lot of people would have pinned their hopes and dreams on something being done about People being depersoned from the internet. As we as we live more and more of our lives online, ladies and gentlemen. And we've spent hours and hours and hours of various podcasts dealing with this very topic. So it's not like we're coming into this like greenhorns, right? It's not like we're just waking up and, you know, coming at this issue with nothing behind us. There's we must have done, I don't know, fifty hours on this over the last year and a half. We live in a time where we are putting more of ourselves online. And the argument that I've made for that time is you have to consider that we are in a reality where there are two versions of you now. There is the version that walks around and goes to the grocery store and puts petrol in the car and goes to work. And there is the other version of you, which is is a collection of data and passwords and, you know, accounts, right? And this version of you is, there is probably more that we can learn about you from the internet version of you than we can from the in real life version of you. Where you shop, what you buy, how much money you make, how you do your taxes, how much tax you pay. Everything about you in some way, shape or form is online. But you don't own that. That's why companies can deperson you. That's why you can be deplatformed from these from these arenas, from these platforms. That's why you can be removed. You officially, legally, do not own the digital representation of yourself. You are effectively owned by multi-million dollar multi trillion dollar now you are owned by trillion dollar global corporations online your information which is you because without your information online there is no you online right you don't own that somebody else does in facebook's example for for facebook for example they buy and sell your information they sell your information to the highest bidder and at any time one of these corporations can just take you out of the public square they can effectively you know digitally cut your tongue out and remove you from the space arbitrarily and you know we said it we said it at the time the apprehension that i had when Donald Trump, not just Donald Trump, but other leaders as well, would come out and say things, don't worry, we're working with social media. We're working with them. Oh, no, that's not that's not good. That's not what I want to hear. That's not what I want to hear at all. And people had the belief that it was all going to be taken care of, that when he tweeted things about bias on in Google, when he tweeted things about potentially corrupt activity at these tech giants, that he actually really meant it.
10: Ring the bell and get your cheese, man.
0: Thank you for the sub, UK Neil. Follow UK Neil on DLive, by the way. DLive.tv slash UK Neil. And, you know, we've made the argument before that this is a thing that Trump does. He will throw out, you know, a line, he will throw out some rhetoric, usually at the extreme end of the scale, and then he will wind it back. Remember, they were going to close the Mexican border, that didn't happen right he was going to uh, increase tariffs that didn't like to, to an extreme to the extreme end of the scale it didn't happen I, uh, my argument has been that he does this for some kind of like for a negotiation tactic to give them the worst possible option so they come to him and meet somewhere closer to what he wants now <laughs> if somebody would like to show me where uh, google youtube Twitter, these kinds of companies where they have negotiated some kind of truce or something. If somebody would like to show me the evidence for that, I'd be more than happy to look at it. But as like as someone who is who's you know got skin in the game, more or less, who does live streaming, I can tell you now, and other live streamers in the chat will know. James will know this. He's watching on YouTube. We are constantly looking for the next platform. We are constantly looking for the next uh, available option to go to, and as soon as that option pops up, we have to we have to investigate it because that's part of the precaution of doing what we do. Because we know at any time, you know, I'm I'm much much smaller than what James is, so I'm a lot further down the list, but there are a lot of people who are a lot bigger than us. So that's probably working in our favor that nobody really cares what we do because we're not big enough to make any difference anyway. So we've probably got that going for us, which is fine by me. I'm happy to kind of fly under the radar. Doesn't bother me a jot. I'm not here to be I'm not here to be famous. I'm not here to be a star. It's not what I'm doing this for. But we're constant we have to constantly be looking for that next avenue, that next option, that next platform. Because at any time, arbitrarily, you're out of there. And so, like I said, a lot of people spent the last few years thinking that something was going. something's going to be done. We're watching the situation. There's lawsuits. People are going to go to court. People are going to go to prison. There's investigations. Don't worry about it. It's all going to be taken care of. We're monitoring the situation. We're taking care of the situation. The days of tech overlords dominating the space, being able to de-platform people, sell people's information, that's that's all going to change that's all going to be done away with because Donald Trump gets it he understands he knows the issues and he's fighting for us he's doing the right thing god damn it he knows all there is to know about the privacy issues he knows all there is to know about the illegal collection of data man he is fucking on top of it well this week he asked the he he asked apple to release their encryption keys to the NSA and the intelligence community so the government can legalize the collection of personal data. And again, like, you know, I have to bring it up. Somebody, somebody came at me with the argument that, well, the NSA has been collecting the data for years. So what's the difference? And it's like, okay, well, if you believe that, then murder has been happening for years. You may as well fucking legalize it. Then Illegal immigration has been happening for years. You may as well make it legal then because that's what you're arguing. Oh, the data collection has been happening by the intelligence community for years. We may as well make it legal then. (laughs) That's not an argument. That is an idiotic position. And just like it was under Barack Obama, I'm against legalizing the collection of said data from private individuals. And I have to, by principle, be against it when Donald Trump wants to do it. So this has been Donald Trump's week in the war against big tech. He's fighting for you. He understands the issues. He knows the bias. He's monitoring the situation. This week, he's asked Apple to release the encryption keys for everybody's personal data, and he did this.
8: We have $4 trillion companies. One is Microsoft, one is Apple, one is Google, one is Amazon. So you have Amazon, Google, Apple, and Microsoft. And so you have an M, you have an A, you have a G, and you have an A. You have MAGA.
0: MAGA. <laughs> no, somebody... Yay, <laughs> So make it that what you will. It's not going it's not going to hurt him. It's not going to it's not going to change anything. Uh he's not going to be he's not it's he's not going to lose the election because of this, right? He's not going to have um enough he's not going to have people not vote for him because of this, which is always which is the next accusation that I always get when I bring up something that I think the guy's doing fucking wrong, which clearly obviously if it was anybody else, everybody would be saying he's doing wrong. But unfortunately, you're not allowed to say that shit anymore. So fuck it. Like our friend who was in here before. <laughs> buy loser. It's like, okay, here, this is for you. Okay? I don't care what you think. You're irrelevant. So, you know, it's not going to affect him. He's not going to lose the election or anything like that. But um, I, I just like to remind people. I just like to refresh people's memories of what they thought six months ago, 12 months ago, 18 months ago. And maybe just maybe people might um, ask themselves in the dark recesses of their mind. People might pause for a moment to reflect when nobody's around and they're not in danger of being kicked out of some kind of fucking online movement. When they're not afraid of that for speaking out, um, when they're alone and they have time to reflect, they might think to themselves, yeah, hang on a minute, I thought something was really going to happen with this. Oh. Oh. Guess I was wrong. No. People would much rather just pretend like it didn't happen. <laughs> That's easier. And we love taking the easy way out. Um, here's a fun little one for you. So... We live in a time of coronavirus, ladies and gentlemen. We live in a time of floods and famine and fire down here in Australia. We have millions of bats flying around Australian towns. All of this seems like end of the world stuff. And then this happened.
1: It's a national emergency across Eastern Africa, but it's not coronavirus. Countries like Somalia, Uganda, Ethiopia, and Tanzania are seeing one of the worst outbreaks of locusts in Ring decades. Ring the bell and locusts get your cheese, man. Thank you for the that are By the billions and tearing through people's livelihoods.
0: Yep, literally a plague of locusts. <laughs> what a time to be alive. You know, a few years ago when I was more of a nihilist, see, people are saying, "Who else do we have? What's the alternative?" It's that's not my that's not my point here. I just said I don't think it's going to mean that he loses the election. You know what I mean? But just saying that um, the other guy is worse doesn't mean that I can't say that this thing that he's doing is shit, right? And I mean, you know, if if you want to, if if the goal here is to pretend like there's nothing that he does is wrong because the other team is worse, then fine, you can do that. But I can't do that. I don't have to do that. I can't. I can't vote. <laughs> What's the difference? Like, if if you don't like what I'm saying, then just remember that what I'm saying is completely irrelevant. Like, just remember that I'm just a stupid foreigner and I don't understand. And what I say has no bearing whatsoever. And it doesn't matter. So, you know, like point, pointing out um, things that are going wrong does not mean like if, if pointing out something that the guy is doing wrong is not the same as saying the other person is better. That kind of binary thinking, in, in my opinion, and I'm not accusing you of doing this, but that kind of binary option stuff for me is like a large part of the problem here. Because you get a free pass that way. Because let's be honest here: if you're a Republican, the other side is always going to be worse, right? Is always going to be worse. Meaning, the Republican can do anything. If you're a, if you're a hardcore Republican, if you're a rusted-on Republican, and every time somebody points out something that the Republican is doing wrong, if your like reactionary response is to say, "Well," there's nothing we can do about it. We just have to vote for him because the other team is worse. Just remember that you're always going to think that because if you're a rusted on Republican, the other team is always going to be worse. So then my next question will be how much bad stuff can they do? How many things can they do wrong before you'll say,
7: Hmm, Hmm,
0: right? You know, if I if I point something out clearly and obviously like that with the Google thing, which now Google is MAGA for some reason, because they make a lot of money for the stock market, okay. Yeah, it's not it's not up to me to come up with some kind of alternative. I don't think there is an alternative. That's not the point. But just because there's no alternative, does that mean we have to walk around, you know, with our with with our eyes closed and our hands over our ears going la 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 not at all. And if we get to that stage, you should be very fucking worried. You should be very afraid because that's not uh, what free, open societies are all about. That's the kind of shit that you see in the uh, totalitarian societies where the where the government can do no wrong because people are either afraid of speaking out or, uh, you know, a, a cult-like mentality of just following whatever they say to be true. That's not what living in the free world is all about. In the free world, you're allowed to criticise people even if you vote for them. Here's the thing. If you want um, want the hopeful, optimistic view, then how about this? If you believe that Donald Trump is somebody who listens to to you and listens to your concerns and can adjust his position based on your concerns, like the red flag laws, for example, like everybody knows that the red flag laws Uh, He threw out that idea and he got a wall of opposition against it, right? So if you want to know what the alternative is, but you can't vote for anybody except Donald Trump, then think of that. That if you care about an issue enough and you make enough noise about said issue, then maybe it will, it will provide him cause for changing that position. So, um, you know if people want to have that view then fine that maybe that's more productive maybe that's a more productive thing but again like i've said before i'm not i'm not the solutions guy i'm the problems guy i i i point out problems and I'm, i'll probably channel my my hawaiian flying hawaiian comrade here a little bit he's the solutions guy so he i think that he would agree with me that if you disagree with something that donald trump does don't don't stay quiet about it. Don't pretend like it's not happening because then he's going to absolutely do it. If you like the guy, if you like an elected leader, don't even it doesn't even have to be Donald Trump. If you like a politician and they do something that you don't like, it is your fucking duty to tell them. It is your responsibility as a citizen to let them know that they're doing the wrong thing. If you think your duty is to just go along with everything that they say regardless of better judgment and regardless of your own opinion and regardless of reality then I'm sorry you're losing you're losing what democracy is you're losing what it means to be in a free republic you're losing the game you at that point you are no different than an SJW you're at that point you're an SJW in a red hat that meaning you have to go along with the doctrine whatever the doctrine is and the first time you speak out against it you'll be excommunicated if if you're part of it, like that mentality that kind of groupthink that kind of hive mind then you know you are effectively the same thing that you are fighting against you have horseshoed right around and become the thing that you hate so if you if you think that this um you know if you think that not enough has been done about what's occurring in big tech, what's been occurring in terms of privacy, about the internet, about people being banned, about depersoning, deplatforming, censorship, bias, uh, even election manipulation, all of that stuff. If you believe it to be true, (coughs) then don't put your head in the sand and pretend like it's not happening because you want to support the president. That's not supporting the guy. (coughs) Supporting the guy is telling him when he fucks up. Put it in a personal level. If you have a family member who's becoming a drug addict, do you pretend like it's not happening because you want what's best? Do you pretend like it's not happening because you support them? Or do you put your arm around them and say, hey, man, you really fucked up here. I'm going to help you. Like, Here is is the real situation. Now, can we help you? Can we make some changes here? Can we come together? Can we change this because you fucked this up? I'm here to support you, meaning I'm going to tell you when you do something wrong. If your idea of support is pretending like everything is right all the time, when even you deep down think that it's not, then you're fucking it up. (laughs) You're doing it wrong. So let's take that option. Or, you know, you can take the option, which is my personal favorite. I have to admit, you can take the option, which is my personal favorite. Uh, Just accuse me of being a hater and a comrade and a communist. Uh, and then flip me the bird and get the fuck out. <laughs> that that works for me as well. I don't care. I'll still love you. I don't mind. <laughs> Plague of locusts, huh? The end of the world. Uh, what have we got here? Tell you what, let's do something fun. Um, you like to laugh, right? You like to laugh, don't you? You know, people have a lot of complaints That there isn't enough conservative entertainment out there. That there isn't enough conservative comedy, ladies and gentlemen, for example. And, you know, I personally put that down to gatekeeping. Because, you know, if you're going to get on TV, if you're going to get the big record deal, then you have to please certain people. And in order to please certain people, then you have to do certain things. And if you do certain things, then you probably have to have... Either you know, you either have to believe in those things or you have to have a very loose moral fiber, one or the other. So, there's a lot of gatekeeping that occurs in the world of um, music, in you know, acting, and of course, comedy, right? So, people often complain that there isn't enough good old fashioned, you know, conservative free market comedy. Boogie fucked up playing the baby boy baby boy video. There, I said it. Oh, you didn't think that was good? Come on, man. <laughs> Don't worry. I've got another freak tonight to end the show on. <laughs> Just think, If you're here for the freaks, um, go out and make yourself a cup of coffee. Uh, maybe take the dog for a walk. Do whatever you got to do. Uh, then come back. Uh, there's another freak at the end of the show. My personal favorite. Winning TV in the chat. Follow Winning TV on DLive.TV slash Winning TV. My good friend, the Yankee. D'Angelo, and we all hope that his Yankees um, suffer many defeats this season in the baseball. So if you're a fan of comedy, then you're probably crying out for some, some conservative comedy. I saw this little advertisement, ladies and gentlemen, and I was very excited for about three or four seconds. I thought, wow, somebody's promoting conservative comedy. What is going on here, huh? This, ought to, this will be good. A lot of people have been waiting a long time for this. But then I watch the commercial. <laughs> uh, you decide for yourself. Liberty and the Pursuit of Laughter. Watch as comedian Michael Loftus gives his hilarious take on American politics. Everybody remembers the Bill Clinton when he first came in, when he was relaxed and laid back. And then we found out why. Ha ha! Ha ha! Ha ha! Ha ha! Ha ha!
7: <laughs>
0: it's a it's a Bill Clinton blowjob joke, huh? Huh? Hey, eh? <laughs> topical. Hey, <laughs> eh? Bill Clinton and blowjobs because he was in there getting the blowjobs. Remember the blowjob? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Gets better. Don't worry. Plus, the musical comedy musings of Brian. Ha- musical comedy musings. Everything
2: is extreme. Everything is a meme.
0: Everything is a meme. Do you get it? Because like, like you know the the memes and stuff. It's good. It's topical. It's what the kids are talking about. I like it. I think it's going to be good. Where do I get tickets from for this? I hope they bring out an album. i be waiting for that album.
5: <laughs> I'm out
0: with Reno Collier. you damn right you
5: are! you
7: yeah.
0: <laughs> know. damn right you are! hey. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hilarious, isn't it? Hey, right? it's but it's it's supported by Fox News, by the way. I think Greg Greg Gutfeld is a funny guy. I think Tucker is a fucking funny guy. But Tucker's funny in like a sarcastic, snarky kind of way. Uh, this, you know, I, I, everybody's got their own taste, right? Everybody's got their own sense of what's funny and not. Uh, This, to me, is a jaw-breaking cringe. This, to me, I cringed so hard that my cheekbones exploded and my eyes popped out of the sockets. (laughs) Ah! I shit my pants, I cringed so hard when I
11: saw this.
0: (laughs) But hey, it's not enough enough conservative comedy out there. (laughs) Built for audience, I suspect. Built for an audience. Um, the problem is, I think if you had like real right right wing comics up on the stage, like real right wing comics who, um, you know, aren't just, you know, like I said, telling telling jokes about Bill Clinton getting a blowjob. If you had real right wing comics, they wouldn't be getting supported by Fox, Fox News, right? That's the thing. They don't get the TV gigs. They don't get the big contracts. You have to be safe. You have to be safe to get those deals. Beige Bill says Greg isn't funny to me. Yeah, I, I can see. You know, like he's not for everyone. I think he can be funny. I don't. I don't watch the guy, but it's like when I see a clip roll over on Twitter or something, I'll click it and I'm like, Haha, eh, that's all right. He can be a funny guy. Hitler jokes are the best. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to be a safe because of the gatekeeping, right? the the real genuine right wing comedians they don't get those gigs no it's the um it's it's the more boomer bracket you know bill clinton uh, oh the kids are crazy these days oh how about all those snow how about all those libtard snowflakes am i right huh you know it's it's more that kind of vibe but again like you know everyone's got their own taste but for me that was fucking cringe <laughs> and i hope i never see it again that, that's why i had to show you <laughs> Thank you for joining us. You're on the Daily Boogie podcast. Uh, I've got more fun stuff for you. This is fan fucking tastic to me. You know how people remember a couple of years ago, ladies and gentlemen, when the conversation was about deep fakes. Oh, we've got to be careful. The deep fakes. We need to. We need to police deep fakes. Deep fakes are a real issue, ladies and gentlemen. Deep fakes are coming for not only Hollywood actors but politicians as well why there's going to be fake news being circulated out there but then they expanded the the definition of what a deep fake is to just memes right have a look at this video that uh trump tweeted out a few days ago now after the state of the union address we won't watch the whole thing but just a couple of minutes of it and then i'll show you the response. Charles
8: is one of the last surviving tuskegee airmen the first black fighter pilots And he also happens to be Ian's (laughs) great-grandfather. Tonight, we have a very special surprise. I am thrilled to inform you that your husband is back from deployment. He is here with us tonight and we couldn't keep him waiting any longer.
0: Okay, so you see what they're doing there, right? They're taking the footage of her tearing up the speech and then planting it behind each of these little announcements. Fairly obvious uh, because you can't tear up the same speech four or five times, you know, logically. Once you tear it, it's torn. Um, as if to represent, right, some might say in an artistic fashion, as if to represent what she thinks of each of those stories. So play the play the story. Show her ripping up the speech. Play the story. Show her ripping up the speech. Play the story. Show her ripping up the speech. I would have thought that that was fairly obvious, but no, 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 oh no, 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 no. This, ladies and gentlemen, is actually like I hope you're. I hope you're ready to learn. I hope you're ready to be educated. This is a cheap fake. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This is a cheap fake, ladies and gentlemen. Video of Pelosi brings renewed attention to cheap fakes. I didn't even know there was cheap fakes. I heard of deep fakes. I heard of fake news. What the fuck is a cheap fake? Apparently, that's what that is. From San Francisco AP. Who would have thunk it? We love Google now, by the way. Google is MAGA. The issue of misleading political messages on social media arose again last week when President Trump tweeted out an edited video showing Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi repeatedly tearing up his State of the Union speech as he honoured audience members and showed a military family reuniting. Pelosi did tear the pages of her copy of the speech, but it was only after he finished. <laughs> you see, you're not. If something happens. They're the only ones that are allowed to edit stuff now. The corporate media are the only people who are allowed to edit things and splice them together. If you edit something and splice it together, you're engaging in cheap fakery, which is fake news, which is an unfair manipulation of reality. (laughs) It's fucking amazing, isn't it? Pelosi's office asked Twitter and Facebook to take down the video. Because it's not fair. Because it's been edited. Because it's fake. I only tore up the speech at the. I only tore up the pages at the end of the speech. I didn't tear them up then when the video says that I did. You need to take this down. Researchers worry the video's selective editing researchers, whoever the fuck they are. Could mislead people if social media companies don't step in and properly label or regulate similar videos. Oh, yes, they're coming for your memes big time. They've got a hard on for the memes, man. Remember we told you about the story in Brazil? This is how they uh, regulated WhatsApp in Brazil. Because they were blaming memes and videos and, you know, quote-unquote fake news for the election of uh, Bolsonaro in Brazil... So this is this is why Facebook now there's a whole set of rules for people in Brazil when they use WhatsApp. Like they're only allowed to be in groups with a certain amount of people. They blamed people sharing memes in WhatsApp for the election of Bolsonaro. But then at the same time, they'll tell you that memes aren't that important. <laughs> Isn't it adorable? Isn't it gorgeous? With the proliferation of smartphones equipped with easy editing tools, the altered videos are simple to make and could multiply as the election approaches. Somebody do something. Won't somebody please step in and stop the memes? This kind of cheap fake is election rigging. That's what they'll say. They like they don't care anymore. That just they'll just they'll just say things now. They'll just blame whatever they have to blame in order to get whatever the hell they want to get. Uh, Just a quick reminder that Google is in fact MAGA. (laughs) Uh, I had an article here about, um, I I might save it for next week. I had an article here about, from Salon, uh, people complaining that they're sick of woke, that they don't want to be woke anymore. They don't want to talk about being woke, which I think is fine coming out of Salon. It's worth a read, but I think we'll save that one for next week. Um, I thought this was fun. (laughs) This, I imagine, uh, this is cool. The movement after President Trump's State of the Union, whoever the jolly Jacobite is, I credit them with this. I'll I'll have the link for this in the show notes. I'll I'll tell you what, I'm just going to let this video speak for itself.
10: Now I'm just going to tell you motherfucking niggas straight out the dump. Don't fuck with my motherfucking president.
0: <laughs> the reason this is funny to me is because I picture like, you know, a, 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 an evangelical in Kansas who's <laughs> like, yay, Mr. Trump. You know, an evangelical southerner who's a fan of President Trump watching the State of the Union address well, you know, I was just, I just feel so gosh darn blessed because I love our president. God installed our president. And Mr. Trump, President Trump is doing what he can to protect us. He's fighting for us every day. You know, he has been graced by God, you see. And God has put President Trump in to do what's best for us. And we just love our president. We support our president. We just believe in everything he does. And by the way Google is maga now because President Trump said so so we love Google. I'm going just going I'm going to send a Google a nice big piece of all carrot cake come Christmas time. I'm going to send them a Christmas card we love our Google now. But you know we just love maga and I love I love all the people. You know if you think about there's so many uh, African American gentlemen just so nice and polite who uh, who support President Trump, you know I'm just I just so gosh darn blessed that President Trump is making so many inroads into the African-American community. And I just want to I just want to extend my hand to these people and say, welcome to the movement. We welcome you like we love you. You're our brothers. You're our sisters. And, you know, we, we just feel so gosh darn blessed that you're part of this thing with us. And then I, I imagine like they're meeting this person for the first time. In their very earnest and erstwhile Christian, you know, innocent ways. <laughs> and, and then this guy doing this.
10: Now I'm just gonna tell you motherfucking niggas straight out the dump <laughs> don't fuck with my motherfucking president. <laughs> Do you understand me? <laughs> Nigga, we ride with Donald Trump okay?
0: <laughs> Listen to the music in the background. Oh no! I just support I just support our president. Nigga, we ride with the motherfucking president. You niggas, you ain't gonna fuck with my president Trump. You understand me, fool? I fucking blow you away, motherfucker. <laughs> with my motherfucking president. Yes. yes.
10: Do you understand me? Nigga, we ride with Donald Trump over here, nigga. Draco. We ain't playing with you, motherfuckers. We ain't playing with you, motherfuckers. You understand me? Keep our motherfucking president name out your mouth. Fuck, niggas. <laughs> Any motherfucking nigga, white, black, Chinese, Mexican, if you want to build that wall, let them build it. You motherfucking niggas out there think it's a game, I'm going to go to war behind donald trump that's right do you understand me we're gonna go to motherfucking war trump you got some motherfucking soldiers but right here on your side but right here we coming Draco. somebody we going around. What that little nigga down there in baton Rouge name
0: nigga keep my motherfucking president out of your motherfucking mouth nigga somebody gonna- so, i've got to be i'm gonna be brutally fucking honest with you here I love this guy way more than like uh, like that Terence guy who eats things and watches videos. This guy is far more fucking entertaining to me. Like this is more real. You know what I mean? I like this guy far more than like a Rob Smith, for example, who wears a suit and says nice things and you know doesn't he doesn't really offend anybody. Talks about taxes and shit. Fuck taxes. <laughs> you know this this guy this guy I think is a more accurate representation. At least I want him to be. (laughs) This guy, this is the guy that should be getting invited to the Oval Office. This is the guy that should be uh, having dinner with the president, bringing his AK-47 with him. This is the man. This is the guy. This guy should be introducing Donald Trump at rallies. I'm I'm fucking deadly serious. This is the guy who should come out before Donald Trump, when everyone's out there, with the AK-47 in his hand. And he, he steps up to the dais and everyone, like, again, like all of the white evangelical Christians are like, oh, who's this? Who let this gentleman in? How did he get past security? <laughs> Y'all motherfuckers need to listen up. Y'all niggas going to mess with my president. We got soldiers here for you, boy. We coming for your ass. Motherfucker want to build a wall. You let the goddamn motherfucker build a wall. I don't care if your niggas is black or he's white or is he's fucking Latino. I don't give a fuck. I got bullets that are gonna go into your fucking ass, boy. You keep keep the motherfucking president's name out of your mouth, motherfucker. I'm fucking, I'm gonna take all all you niggas on. You don't understand? We niggas, we ride it with the president. Motherfuckers. And then, like, everyone just kind of like, and then he walks off the stage. And everyone be like, oh. Um. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States, Donald John Trump. And then he walks out. (laughs) I am a real American. (laughs) Fucking do it. Why not? Why not? Take a risk. It's worth it. It's worth it. (coughs) Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Speaking of cheap fakes, I don't know if this is going to be good or not. I saw this getting circulated around... Uh, apparently, Morgan Freeman, a voiceover, Morgan Freeman commentating on this woman putting... Uh, what do, what do they put in? Mentos into the Coke bottle? I don't know. This might be dumb.
10: This is Grandma Sandy. She's a TikToker.
5: You know, I've seen this done a couple of times on a couple of different videos, and I'm not quite sure this
4: is real,
5: and I just
9: want to see what's
10: up. Well, as many of you already know, She's about to find out it is indeed very, very real.
0: Thank you for the diamond, Kimmy.
10: Woo indeed.
0: Woo indeed. Feel the tension mounting.
10: And as the great Tony Romo would say, here we go, Jim. And that's when Grandma Sandy realized what it would be like to work in the adult entertainment industry. <laughs>
0: there you go. Morgan Freeman. He does have a hell of a voice though, doesn't he? That's one of the, vo- like, as somebody who speaks a lot for other people, you know, who speaks a lot, who records their voice a lot, Morgan Freeman's voice is one of the ones that, you know, you just go, <sighs> damn. <laughs> that guy's voice. That's next level. Uh, oh, Yeah. This, this this is this isn't a fun story we've been talking about Corona Chan ladies and gentlemen uh guess what this happened this happened do you remember th- do you remember this guy where is he I'll show you the guy first and then you know the latest development the guy who was a lawyer um I'm sure a lot of you have seen his videos like other people are ripping his videos and uple- uh, uploading it to YouTube uploading it to Twitter he was a lawyer and he he does reports like, you know, he's sitting in his bed in a white singlet. You know the guy? And he'll go out to like the infected areas in Wuhan and record it and, you know, do interviews with people. And he gets he goes into the like the refuges and the hospitals and the quarantine zones and films it and get I don't know how he gets it out of China. And so he's been doing this for the last month or so. I'll show you just a refreshing Sneaking memory. Sneaking
1: into the epicenter of a deadly virus outbreak may seem gutsy and even reckless. Citizen journalist Chen Chao shu though, sees it as his duty.
3: I'm at Wuhan's Hangkau station. Why did I come here? I'll tell it straight. My responsibility is as a citizen journalist. What sort of journalist are you if you don't dare rush to the front line in a disaster?
1: The former lawyer turned video blogger has clashed with authorities over issues of human rights and freedom of expression, most recently after posting videos of pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong.
0: Jesus, these people are brave. Um, <clears throat> everything's relative, isn't it? Everything's in perspective. And, you know, I see I see people, we like to celebrate, you know, uh, somebody speaking out about getting kicked off Twitter here. You know, oh, they're a warrior for free speech. And, you know, I get it because everything's relative, right? And I'm not going to name any names, but you can imagine the people that I'm talking about, right? <clears throat> oh, they're, they're oppressed. They've been kicked off Twitter. It's fucking shocking and stuff. And you know my stance on kicking people off Twitter. You know my stance on kicking people off any platform. Full stop. So don't make that false assumption. But we, we'll, we'll, we'll say that we put these people up on pedestals, right? And will say that they're heroes, right? That they're fighting against the system, that they're fighting for free expression, that they're fighting for free speech, and and then you see guys like this. It's actually fucking depressing to me because we don't even need to do that much. Like we don't even need to. We don't. We don't even have that far to go to get back what's been taken, right? And like, you know, like you saw just before when I was pointing out all of the bullshit with Trump and Google and shit, some people just can't handle it. Like, oh, fucking loser, fuck you. And they're out, which is fine by me because I'd rather them out than in, stinking up the joint, (laughs) getting in the fucking way of the intelligent people. So fuck them off, that's fine. But we don't even have that far to go. We don't even have to do that much if we really want, you know, if we really want to fight for free expression, we really don't have to do that much at all. And then you compare it with guys like this. <laughs> he's, he's fighting against a totalitarian dictatorship. And he's fighting against the kind of regime that will just disappear people overnight. He's fighting against a regime that killed tens of millions of its own citizens only a f- decades ago. He's standing up like he's standing up to that. Fighting for free expression in a place where the very term itself is likely to get you um, you know, waking up in a prison somewhere with your kidneys removed. It's, it it just it puts everything into perspective for me when i see stuff like this and it, it depresses me because it makes it, it it brings into stark reality um how little we care about our situation how little most people care about free expression in the in the part of the world that is supposed to be the fucking defender of it like we're supposed to be the spokespeople for free expression we are supposed to be the ones who are like the first, we're, 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 we're the first line and we're the last line of defense. Free citizens in the so-called free world. That's that's our job. And so many of us are just willing to just piss, the, piss it all away. Piss it all away. And then you've got guys like this one guy standing up against the, the might of an expansionist, militaristic dictatorship. One lone dude. And you know, in in our universities, we talk about that we need to throw people in prison if they say offensive things. Like so, it's, uh, I'm just getting more. I'm getting more and more. I'm losing hope every fucking day. I'm gonna be brutally honest with you. <laughs> I read so many stories and see so many clips and get so much evidence for people just day by day by day by day by day just wanting to piss their freedom away. Doesn't doesn't matter to them anymore. Like that, that Baltimore thing a couple of days ago. When I read that, I was just, you know. I I, I I couldn't even do it. I couldn't I didn't even want to I didn't even want to bring it to the show. My my intention was to bring that poll to the show and show you and I was just, I was defeatist at that point. I was like, what's the fucking point? If you don't know what I'm talking about, we we did the story about literally a spy plane that was used in Iraq to spy on people in villages in Iraq during the Iraq war, is now being used on civilians in Baltimore to fly around over the city of Baltimore, all approved by the government, all paid for, nice big civilian contract. This spy plane now flies around 24 hours a day around over the citizens of Baltimore to map their movements. So if some, if some kind of incident happens somewhere in the city, they can backtrack 24 hours and track your movements back to, your, back to the house. And you know, it's just a huge violation of privacy. But the poll that I read, uh, 74% of people in Baltimore actually want it, want it. And that's a hard and you know you have to imagine that of the twenty-six percent that don't want it, um, do they do the twenty-six percent not want it, or how many of the twenty-six percent voted don't care? It might be half of twenty-six we might be dealing with thirteen percent of people in a major city in the free world who don't want twenty-four hour prison style surveillance of themselves, thirteen percent versus seventy-six percent. Well, 74% pardon me that do and then that's it's in those moments that you realize shit i'm actually one of the 13% when for a long time i thought that um you know i was in the majority it's a hard fucking pill to swallow but you know, I've been gradually getting to this point over the like I said over the last five years or so. It doesn't matter what you say to people. It doesn't matter how you present the information. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you what you do. Most people don't care, or they want it, and I don't see that changing anytime soon, unfortunately. And yet, and then on top of that, we see videos, we see stories like this of this guy going up against the entirety of the Chinese totalitarian state. And that, that's a fucking hero to me. That's a real hero over there. I'm just a little guy who sits in the dark and does a podcast and complains about it. There's a guy who's actually fucking doing it.
1: But friends and family are worried that this time he may have gone too far. After continually posting videos and images for weeks, showing a health system struggling to cope with the coronavirus, his social media accounts have gone quiet. Mm-hmm. friends reporting he'd been forcibly quarantined despite being apparently healthy
0: well, that's reassuring that's reassuring so he's been forcibly quarantined allegedly uh despite being healthy so they just maybe they just throw you in with the infected coronavirus people in you go that ought to learn him i hope you learn your lesson uh he's not the only one that's
12: disappearing now though These are images the Chinese government doesn't want you to see. A medical center in Wuhan, the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak. Under stress, short on supplies, overwhelmed with patients. The video is from Chun Cho, a lawyer who made the risky choice to become a citizen journalist and defy government efforts to control information.
3: In front of me is the virus, and behind me is the legal and administrative power of China. As long as I live in this city, I will continue to report. I only report what I see, what I hear. I'm not even scared of death. You think I'm afraid of the Communist Party?
0: Yes. Yes, I do. And there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Because I would be too. Fuck it. Like, there's, there's a time for talking tough, but if I was living in those conditions, yeah, I'd be fucking scared too not going to pretend otherwise. And I think by looking at the look on his face, you know, and the tears of frustration that are, you know, about to burst the banks and come streaming down his face. I think, you know, he's pretty fucking scared. But I, f- I forget, I forget who said it. I, f- I think it's a line from the movie, a movie or something, but <clears throat> like what is bravery? And people think that bravery is not being scared, but that's not true. Bravery is being scared but doing it anyway. That's what bravery is. If you're not scared, then you like you don't have fear receptors or something. If you're not if you never feel fear, then you have like a psychological condition because fear is a natural state of uh, consciousness. Right? There's a reason that we fear things. It's because like it's a self-defense mechanism. So if you don't have that, you might be like a sociopath or something. So bravery isn't not feeling fear. Bravery is feeling fear, but doing it anyway. Thank you for the diamond, UK, Neil. So he might be saying, I don't fear the, the government. I don't fear death. But I think that he probably does. And if he doesn't, then he probably should. But I suspect that he probably does by looking at, you know, his reaction here. But the fact that he's doing it anyway... That's a brave guy. Far braver, far braver than a, a pissant like me, you know, doing a podcast saying, fuck Google, fuck Twitter, fuck,
12: fuck tech censorship. This is all bullshit, you know. It's, it's a lot braver what he's doing. Now, Trun is gone. He disappeared last week and has not responded to messages. So far, authorities will only say he is, quote, under control. Amnesty International say he's been forcibly quarantined. <laughs> <laughs> authorities
0: are saying he is under control oh that's fucking reassuring
12: and he's not the only one to pay the price for defying state here we go the blogger fang bin took this video from a hospital in wuhan it seems to show body bags victims of the virus then he received a menacing knock on his door
3: (laughs) we played this clip
0: So he's saying, My temperature is normal. There's nothing wrong. The The officials are saying, You are endangering everyone. <coughs> you are endangering everyone. What if you get infected?
3: <laughs> you get a warrant. <laughs>
0: if you can get one, we'll follow the legal procedures, okay? This is a private residence. There's no private residences in communist countries, mate. Come on now. You know this. You're not allowed to trespass, I have legal protections? Oh, mate.
3: Oh, dear.
12: (laughs) Fang had been posting videos daily, proof that he was free. Those uploads stopped on Monday, and he's been unreachable by phone, fueling speculation of his arrest.
0: Uh, By the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, our governments are telling us that we should absolutely trust the figures that are coming out of the Chinese state. We should absolutely trust the figures that the Chinese government is presenting to the rest of the world, right? Like We should absolutely trust the amount of infected people that the Chinese government says and the amount of casualties that the Chinese government says. We should absolutely do that. (laughs) We have no reason to suspect otherwise. Except maybe, except maybe a conspiracy theorist might utter from the dark corners of the racist web. Uh, Except maybe for the people who are documenting said crisis and then just being fucking disappeared off planet Earth. (laughs) Except for that, maybe. Then we have no reason. I tell you, maybe if we just eliminate all of the people who are you know, getting video evidence out of China about this crisis. If we take if we take them out of the equation, then maybe there'll be no more crisis. I don't know. Maybe it makes
12: sense to me. When Li Wenliang, a doctor in Wuhan, warned of the virus in December, authorities accused him and several others of severely disturbing the social order. Now, language like that just
0: sends a chill down my fucking spine. Disturbing the social order. Oh oh,
12: oh, oh, It gives me the heebie-jeebies. He's dead. One of the more than 1,000 people in China to succumb to coronavirus so far. Mourning and anger have marked his passing. Online and off in defiance of the state's threats, pressure is mounting on Chinese authorities to come clean on what's happening in Wuhan. And that includes wanting to know what's happened to people like Chun Cho and Fang Bin. Look at this.
0: Okay, let's get the latest on the situation. in Fucking ghost towns. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Um. Alright, we should end on a high note. I'll tell you what, let's do a little bit of election stuff just before we get to our last topic here, which is uh, crazy freaky love. Which I always love to end on. I want to do a little bit of election stuff. I still love Tucker, I think Tucker's great. Um, This is fantastic, you're gonna
11: love this. Whatever happens tonight in New Hampshire, the struggle continues and will continue for control of the Democratic Party. That's what's really at stake here. At war two groups, as you know, the Bernie Sanders campaign versus the Democratic establishment in Washington and its many operatives and sycophants in the media. First among equals in the latter group is Jeff Zucker's CNN, which has devoted not only its entire programming to stopping equals. Bernie Sanders, <laughs> but also used an officially sanctioned Democratic debate as well. You'll remember this sandbag, for example.
1: Senator Sanders, I do want to be clear here you're saying that you never told Senator Warren that a woman could not win the election. That is correct. Senator Warren.
0: Uh, Brett Harrison in chat saying DW is not a reliable source. Deutsche Welle. Yeah, I know them well. Um, they're okay. They can be okay sometimes. They can have a little bit of, um, you know, infused stuff from time to time. They can be really accurate on other things. Um, but I'm not a source Nazi. You know, the New York Times can be accurate at times. Um, you know I, I'm not into this game of saying that everything that comes out of one particular source is always wrong all the time because that's, that's BS it doesn't work that way <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm certainly not going to say that RT is the only thing that always tells the truth right? because <laughs> so, that, be non- that would be equally nonsensical
1: what did you think when Senator Sandru- Sanders told you a woman could not win the election
11: <laughs> I disagreed So if you're wondering why Bernie Sanders appears to be in first place tonight, that's part of the reason it didn't work. Needless to say, the network that considers Don Lamont an important public intellectual doesn't have the fine motor skills to pull off an effective political hit. Subtlety not in the vocabulary over at CNN. (laughs) Voters knew immediately what was going on. Jeff Zucker was cravenly doing the bidding of his bosses.
0: That was That was the fantastic part of all this to me. They went so hard in the tank for Elizabeth Warren that they've turned the rest of the party against Elizabeth Warren, right? <laughs> they, they wanted Elizabeth so hard. Here's the thing, right? They pushed super hard for Clinton. Look, just look at the, the, the debate. Look at the candidates for the Democrat Party right now, okay? Look at the ones who have fallen by the wayside. As soon as CNN came out hard for Joe Biden, his poll numbers tanked. CNN came out hard for Kamala Harris. Remember, we need her in the race. Diversity. She's a woman. She's a woman of color. She's the next fucking. She's the second coming of Jesus. We love her. As soon as they went in hard for uh, Kamala Harris, she tanked. And as soon as they came out hard for Elizabeth Warren, she fucking tanked. <laughs> There is only one conclusion that you can draw out of all of this. Everything that CNN touches turns to shit. Everyone CNN endorses fails. Everyone that CNN champions goes down the toilet. Everything they touch turns to shit. (laughs) So it's incorrect, in my opinion, to say that CNN has no influence. Clearly they do. Clearly, CNN, CNN might be the most influential corporate news network, but just not in the way that they imagine themselves to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like awarding the Man of the Match Award to the player who was the worst on the field and lost the game. Because the Man of the Match Award is supposed to go to the player who had the most influence on the game. And if you are so terrible... That you cost your team the Super Bowl. If you are so everything you fuck up every time you get near the ball, you fucking you drop it. You you can't you can't do anything right. Everything you do for the whole game is wrong. Then by definition, you had the most influence on the game. You're the man of the match because if you weren't out there, the other team wouldn't have won. (laughs) CNN is the 2020 Democratic man of the match. They have the most influence on the on the uh, Democrat nomination phase than anybody else does. EVERYBODY THEY NOMINATE FAILS. it <laughs> the DNC. And they it's found
11: it revolting. It? Even people who wouldn't vote for Bernie Sanders at gunpoint thought that debate was grotesquely unfair because yep. it was grotesquely unfair. Yep. So in the end, just as impeachment helped Donald Trump, being attacked by the flunkies on CNN helped Bernie Sanders. But the oblivious media kept going, bolstering the campaign of a man they hate by leveling transparently absurd attacks against him. Does that sound familiar to you? And as if the parallels to 2016 could get clearer, here they are calling Sanders a sexist. <laughs> the ongoing
0: feeling. of They really haven't learned a thing, have they? <laughs> hey, I know what works. Let's accuse the guy of being a sexist. That always works. <laughs> Play the
4: clip.
11: I'll play the clip. Sanders a sexist.
4: <laughs> the ongoing feeling among many uh, women, especially uh, Clinton supporters, that oh, Sanders supporters, supporters, the sort of Bernie bros, as they were called, uh, you know, had misogynistic, sort of bullying tactics.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. Clinton supporting women are accusing the Bernie bros of having misogynistic bullying tactics? Are you talking about the female supporters? Of the woman who bullied <laughs> bullied the women that Bill Clinton was fucking. <laughs> you mean you mean the woman who was bullying the woman who accused Bill Clinton of, of getting a blowjob in the Oval Office? That woman? The female supporters of that woman. Remember Hillary Clinton coming out? Oh, they're all sluts. Don't believe what they say. <laughs> We're living in a parallel universe. We are living in an upside-down fucking crazy world. Well, the female supporters of Hillary, uh, you know, they're accusing the Bernie bros of being misogynist. Oh, really? What a fucking revelation.
5: (laughs) Thanks. Bernie came into this race with a bit of a legacy. The Bernie bros yeah. were known to have been horrible to women. Ah, online.
0: I, I see plenty of um, Bernie Sanders female vote. I would I would even wager that the Sanders voters, the female demographic outnumbers the male demographic. Like, just by the law of probability, more females vote for Democrats than uh, they do Republicans. Right? And more males vote for Republicans than they do Democrats. Like, What am I missing here? I see plenty of fucking female Bernie Sanders supporters. Mostly female Bernie Sanders supporters. They're just making shit up. (laughs) They're making shit up because they want Elizabeth Warren. And she's tanking now because of that. Thank you, CNN.
5: And the Bernie bros, again, they're pretty obnoxious, and they're very sexist and misogynist. He never really took on the Bernie bros and said, let's, let's, tame, let's calm down a bit. There's a lot of pain left over uh, from what pain. happened with Hillary Clinton. There are a lot of people who still feel like Bernie's, Bernie's campaign was underlying. There's a lot of underlying sexism going on. Listen to these fucking... <laughs>
0: See, again, if you ask a logical person who has a memory that extends beyond that of a goldfish, you would say that the pain about the 2016 Democratic nomination phase was actually felt on the Bernie side of the spectrum because it was the Bernie Sanders supporters who got fucked in the ass by these people. It was it was the Sanders supporters. The, the, we know that the process was rigged for Hillary Clinton to win. She made an agreement with the DNC. I will handle all of the finances as long as you make me the nominee. And all of the superdelegates lined up. And there were votes going missing. There were votes that weren't counted. There were delegates that weren't appropriated. There was a whole list of things for months. <laughs> but what does the corporate media do? The corporate media comes out and says, well, there's a lot of pain still about the 2016 nomination. And I'm like, "Mm "Hmm, mm and then they say, because uh, the Bernie supporters were sexist towards Clinton. It's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's arguably why Clinton didn't win, because of all of the Sanders supporters who didn't vote for her because they fucking hated her. And that's partly because of what they did to the Bernie supporters in 2016. Unbelievable! (laughs) Fucking good luck to
5: them. The Bernie bro mob on Twitter. The mob is Mm -hmm. not a fun place to live. It's just not.
0: You gotta think. Tucker's reaction. Look at Tucker's face. Is Mm -hmm. not
5: a fun place to live. It's just not.
0: Look at this. He would he would have to bite down on a lemon to keep from smiling, I think. <laughs> you gotta thank heaven for cable news at a moment
11: like this. Record death, <laughs> coronavirus, opioids, wokeness. It's not easy to laugh right now, but yes, moments like it's the one we just saw make it possible. An employee of NBC News lecturing Americans about <laughs> toxic sexist environments? The Harvey Weinstein channel goes feminist, it's just too good.
0: absolutely sensational fantastic stuff Ah, right, let's get to our last let's get to our last item here ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us you're on the daily boogie podcast as you know on this show like I've said many times before we celebrate love we celebrate your love we love love on this show we hate hate and we love love So when I see a story of love, a touching, beautiful story about love, then I want to bring it to you. Because you know why? In my opinion, that's the only antidote. That's the only way that we're going to get through this next stage of our evolutionary process. As humans, as spirits, as souls. We need to come together and celebrate love. And I don't even care what kind of love it is. I just love love. So... Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, in our next installment of Why We Love Love, I'm going to bring to you a very special story. Very special story about a very brave young woman, stunning and brave, who is standing up to popular culture. She's standing up to stigmas. And she is embracing love with everything she's got because it matters not only to her, But her her story of love, I think, is indicative of where we should all hope to be. Fearless in our love, committed to our love. Because that's how we're going to build a better world. So let me present to you, ladies and gentlemen, a story of love.
9: Mary Tetris because he and I fit together like a T in a spin slot.
11: Yep.
0: <laughs> Let's do a little quick review of where we've been on this program over the last 18 months. This is actually episode 191 of the podcast. Now, I was doing live streams before I started to do a podcast version of it for a couple of years, but this, since we started doing a podcast, this is episode, this one right here, I think is episode 191, maybe episode 192. We might have to do something for episode 200. I'm not sure. (laughs) So let's have a little review. Let's try to remember all of the great stories of love that we've come across. I remember one of the first ones was the girl who wanted to marry the plane, right? That was one. Uh, we had the girl who married the zombie doll. Remember that? That was a beautiful touching story. There was the woman who married the ghost of a pirate who she had later had to get a divorce because it turned out that the pirate wasn't the kind of guy that she thought he was when they were just courting. Um, what else have we had? Uh, there was a woman who married a lamp. <laughs> okay. Uh, there was a woman who married a rug recently an Afghan rug. She likes that exotic immigrant flavor. So we've done – these are the kinds of stories that we've done. This is a first, though, on this program. This is a first. We've never had a woman marry a program before. We've never had a woman marry software. (laughs) Usually they marry a thing, right? A, A thing that you can physically touch. A thing that you can physically lay down in bed with and cuddle, perhaps but she loves she loves zeros and ones arranged in a certain way to put things on a screen like she doesn't love the ipad she doesn't love the monitor she doesn't love the computer she loves the program on the computer <laughs> she loves the game tetris she's going to marry tetris
9: there's just something about that meticulous stacking and beautiful order out of chaos He's just so beautiful.
0: <laughs> I bet you she's not even that good at Tetris.
9: <laughs> I've been...
0: Did you notice the suit she's wearing too? It's got little we Tetris blocks on it.
9: September 16th, 2016. And I don't see any end. it.
0: She remembers the day they met. Isn't that beautiful?
9: September 16th, 2016.
0: September 16th, 2016. What happened on September 16th, 2016? Did anything significant happen? On September 16, 2016? I'm going to have to have a look now. Was there some kind of world event? Was there some kind of traumatic event? September 16, 2016. Let's just have a look. What happened on September 16, 2016? Okay. It was a Friday. Uh, The Chinese Zodiac is the monkey. (laughs) It was a leap year. Uh, El Chapo was recaptured, ladies and gentlemen. Britain, oh, oh no, that, no, that happened on January 8, 2016. See, don't give me the fake stuff. The only thing I can find is that a guy named Edward Albee, an American playwright who wrote Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? He died at the age of 88. So there you go. That's what happened on September 16, 2016. Poetic, I guess.
9: <laughs> and I don't see any end to it.
0: No end to this love. The Wizard of Odd.
9: So, this is Tetris VR um, on PlayStation VR. Wow. It's one of my favourite Tetrises because it's. A-
0: wait, wait. There's, she's in love with more than one Tetris?
3: Awkward.
0: If she spends too much time with the Tetris VR, does the Tetris Game Boy get jealous? Is she a Mormon? Isn't this kind of like uh, having sex with your boyfriend's twin brother? Isn't this kind of like fucking, you know, your girlfriend's twin sister? I don't, I don't know if I approve of this. Like, Because we are for love, but, you know, if you're going to enter into marriage, marriage is a serious commitment. She wants to get married to Tetris. I think she's going to have to choose one version of Tetris. You can't get married to all of the Tetrises, because there would be another Tetris in another girl's room somewhere making sweet love to that hot little piece of ass. What are you going to do about that? That's going to keep you up at night. You know, you can't marry all of the Tetrises. They have they have freedom. They can have sex with whoever they want. You're going to have to choose.
9: Immersive and make me feel like I'm actually in Tetris.
0: I I almost that almost slipped past me. She said the VR version is her favorite because it's immersive and she feels like she's almost in Tetris. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to feel you deep inside me. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be inside you, Tetris. When I put the helmet on, it's a fully immersive experience. I feel him. He touches me. I want to wake up inside of him.
9: This is because it's immersive and makes me feel like I'm actually in Tetris. I'm in him. When I'm playing Tetris, I basically dissociate and I'm in the game. My fingers move without me even thinking about it. Mm. And I just feel like I'm one with Tetris.
0: It's, it's, It's like lovemaking, isn't it? You know, if you have those special that special night of lovemaking where you, you, you lose all conscious thought, everything is just emotion. Your hands are moving, your hips are moving, you, you become one being. <laughs> You're not even thinking about, oh, should I touch her there? Oh, my God, that feels good. None of that stuff. You're just in the moment there, living the experience. I'm, I'm very happy for this girl. I'm, all, I'm, I'm, I'm almost jealous. I'm almost jealous. That Tetris can do this for her. and Maybe I need to start playing Tetris again. I don't, I'm not sure.
9: Especially in VR Tetris that I'm really immersing myself really? in the game and feeling truly with him. I'm with him. When I got married to Tetris, I was with my best, my two best friends on Miami Beach. And I had dressed in this suit and I brought my Tetris stuff out to the beach um, at South Point Pier. Do we now kiss each other? I wouldn't
0: say it's the- Who wears a suit to the beach, first of all? Again, where where are the friends? Where are the friends who are saying, dude, what are you doing, man? the fuck is this come on (laughs) mike's saying that's a dude boogie i i've i've learned my lesson i never assume anymore i don't assume genders anymore i've been surprised on more than one occasion embarrassingly
9: (laughs) the best day of my life
0: that was a one day i'll tell you about my trip to thailand
9: (laughs) but it's probably one of the most memorable days
0: i'm making it up i'm just joking i'm just joking i'm not
9: joking my life i love tetris so much and you know it was this culmination of all of my love coming together that day
0: all of my love all of my love came together that day okay so how about a cat can you is there room in your heart to love a cat how about the parents do the parents love you <laughs> no all of my love is for tetris i have no love outside of tetris I don't love my parents, they don't love me, I don't love my friends, I don't love my cat, I just love Tetris. All of my love came to Tetris that day.
9: I'm just, I can't even bring, like, I can't even put it into words, it was just that beautiful.
0: Or ridiculous. (laughs) You're my husband husband now. Isn't it, isn't it gorgeous?
1: Welcome to married life. (laughs)
9: My very first love was a multimeter named Dave, David Dim, after Dave Jones of EEV Blog because. He-
0: <laughs> so she's not. This isn't her first time at the rodeo. This isn't her first trip around the block. She was married to a what is? It? I forget what those things are called, man. They check to see if there's a current going through a circuit. Um, God, so there's. A, there'll be an electrician in the chat. Somebody will know what these things are called. This was not – she's been in love with electronic devices and the world of electronics for some time, it seems. And, you know, she's been dating in that pool. She's been exclusively in that pool. Like, you may only go out with um, black chicks. You might only date white chicks. You might only date Asian girls. She only dates, it seems, electronic devices. <laughs> I mean, Ant Meter, thank you, of Bradley. Ant Meter, 200 internets to you today, sir.
9: He loves multimeters a lot.
0: It's a multimeter. Brad Harris, multimeter. I think I think it can be both multimeter and an amp meter. Clay Gatlin saying multimeter as well. <laughs> Ammeter, current checker.
9: If you don't know what a multimeter does, essentially you can plug it into anything, and you can get its voltage, its current, and its resistance, and all the things. It says 122 volts, which in America is the voltage of outlets.
0: I think we need to dispense with this idea that nerds are always smart <laughs> you know there, there's a stereotype out there that super nerdy people are often super smart I, I don't see any evidence for that I've known a lot of nerdy people who are really dumb you know what I mean but they're just nerdy they just like nerdy things but they're not they don't they don't understand the nerdy thing that they that they are interested in they're just interested in it because they're a nerd. It's a nerdy topic. But they're not a smart guy, you know, not a smart dude, just a dumb guy. And I think, you know, if you're a, if you're a nerd and not particularly intelligent, then, you, you know, that's that's an issue. <laughs> that is an issue that needs to be dealt with. What are the grounds for divorce? Rockin' America with the nice pun there.
9: <laughs> I was with Dave when I was 14 years old. That was when I first...
0: Dave. Pre- did she say Dave? When she was fourteen, is the multimeter named Dave? Clearly, clever says I touched it to my nads once and it said two thousand. Is that bad? Oh no, that's hot, baby. That's good. That's good. Hot
9: blooded. Check it and see. Outlets. I was with Dave when I was fourteen years old. That was when I first realized I was object sexual ah. because I was curious. On-
0: object sexual, Objectosexual is a thing now sexually attracted to objects uh,
9: there were other people And you,
0: can't you just can't we just stick with dildos please let's just stick with the vibrators stick with the dildos if you want to plug your vibrator into an outlet then fine we'll rig something up we will use dave to make sure it won't kill you dave can be part of the process <laughs> but can we not just stick with the traditional uh sex toys please is that possible can we do that why do we have to branch out into lamps and rugs and planes and multimeters and Tetris? You know, I, I, I don't think anyone was complaining when women just used, uh, you know, ten-inch black rubber cocks. I don't think anybody was worried about that.
9: Yeah, okay, whatever. People who were
0: How many amps does a dildo draw? Good question.
9: It's objects. And I spent a good amount of time Googling and I came across the term abductive sexuality. I'm like, wait, that sounds like me. Objective and sexuality. I realized that my love for objects was not a fetish, it was a genuine love.
0: <laughs> this is an interesting topic for me. Have you noticed? Am I making this up? Am I imagining things? There seems to be a push to de-fetish things. In other words, what we would define, like it seems that people want the word, the concept of a fetish to go away, right? Because a fetish would be something that's like out of the ordinary, some kind of kinky sex obsession, right? So if they remove fetish from the lexicon, then nothing is a fetish. And if nothing is a fetish, then everything is okay, right? Do you see what I'm getting at here? So just what she said there, like I I did some Googling and I found out that my love of objects is not a fetish. But according to whom? (laughs) According to the people who love objects? It's not a fetish, it's real love. Well, it, it might be real love, but it seems as though if we remove the label of fetish from things, then, you know, it, it can it can only be classified then as normal, right? It's, because it's pretty much uh, normal or fetish. That's pretty much all there is, right? There's If we get rid of fetish, then everything's normal. So then what else is going to be normal? Do you see what I'm getting at here? <clears throat> it's maybe a little conspiratorial. I don't know. I don't know if it's by design or by evolution, just to the point of like, we're liberating everything now. Everything has to be liberated. Because if you, if you you know, your purpose in life is defined by liberation of things that you deem to be oppressed, then you must be running out of things to liberate now at this point. So I guess we're now liberating the fetishes and we can't call them a fetish because that would be an offensive term because fetish implies some kind of, you know, uh, minority freak kind of stigma. So we remove the word fetish, now it's just love like everybody else's. Like it's just the same. It's equal to everybody else's love now. And of course, once it's the same as everybody else, then nobody can have any complaints. And if nobody can have any complaints, then everybody can do it. And if everybody's doing it, then we're all fucked. Both both metaphysically and in reality.
9: <laughs> um, when I was um, 14, I loved testing my tongue. Not so much anymore, but I love it. I used to love doing this. It's
0: so fun to do it. Ooh, sexy. (laughs) I like to put his prongs on my tongue. Uh, Bokker Bradley says, strip away all standards and denominators and you can get away with any behaviour. Ding, 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 ding. Right? I like to lick. I like to lick Dave's little prods. I like the way they buzz on my tongue. I like it when Dave sits on my face.
9: And <laughs>
0: then, I can't talk. I can't. Dave, I can't talk when you're in my mouth. Dave, I cannot talk properly when you're in my mouth and my tongue. <laughs> Why no- Does t- is Tetris okay with this? Does Tetris know that you're just having a fling with Dave, your first love? Where is Tetris while this is going on? I would like to know. Like when she goes back to Tetris in the virtual reality, is Tetris going to say something about this? Does somebody does Tetris even know? Should we let Tetris know? Tetris, I just want to let you know that your um your wife, I saw her tonguing Dave's prong today. What? Yeah, man. She was standing in the kitchen. She was making a video about it. She was making a sex tape. She was standing there in the kitchen talking about how she could carry in the chat. She's a slut. <laughs> She was in the kitchen. She was making a video about how she loves you. And then she got Dave's prong and just fucking stuck it right in her mouth. Right in front of the camera.
9: <laughs> I was with Dave. I'm polyamorous. So I started getting obsessed with that video game portal. Now that you are in control of
0: portals. She's polyamorous. So that explains her. It's an open relationship. She can have sex with whatever object she wants, apparently. I Again, I would like to know if Tetris is okay with this or not. This next test... Cast- She's a player, says Red Diesel. And
9: Portal is still my second favorite game, after obviously Tetris. And
0: after obviously
9: And the cube just absolutely took my mind. I have this thing. Take it everywhere. I literally
0: think. She seems to be in love with a lot of fucking objects, man. I don't know if she's ready for the commitment of marriage. <laughs>
9: no, don't really go anywhere without it, you know? i if I need it.
0: When- <laughs> Amber, leader in the chat, she's an objectable slut.
9: Next <laughs> uh, one, and I was <clears throat> head over heels obsessed with the companion cube, and I was deeply in love with the companion cube. Um, and
0: deeply in love,
9: my love for Dave faded after about a year, and then I continued.
0: But you could just have a, you can still have a fling every now and then with Dave, though it seems. Thank you for the diamond, Kimmy. You can still have a fling every now and then with Dave. Just meet him in the kitchen, stick his prong in your gob suckle on that little silvery little prong <laughs> get that buzzing sensation going down your throat i know i know them feels man it's hard to give up an ex especially when they know how to buzz you
9: you'd with the companion cube for another year
0: I mean... like the temptation is always there just to call the ex up and say hey how about one for old time's sake dave i'm ready for you my my tongue is ready for your prong
9: this Has some few irregularities on
0: it. Jason Smith saying, Is this our future? I certainly hope so.
9: But I mean,
0: like, he's different. I mean, if we can keep all these people occupied having sex with objects in their own home, then at least they're not marching in the streets, at least they're not committing crimes. I want. I want to give. I, I want to give people. I, you know, I'm a staunch uh, economic. You know, I'm far right when it comes to economics. I don't want the government to spend a single fucking dollar if they can avoid it. I, I, I hate any kind of increase in budget spending. I hate increase in welfare spending. I want a savage cut all across the board when it comes to government spending, taxpayer money. I will champion any policy that gives the objectosexuals something to do in the privacy of their own home, which keeps them off the streets.
9: <laughs> so,
0: ben. Can't have them out there mixing with the real people.
9: I've seen Cube lasted a good amount of time, and I still, still kind of like Cuby. I don't love him as much as I used to, but he still means a lot to me, and I still collect his plushies. There's a whole
0: line of broken object hearts in this girl's past. She's got a whole stable of exes. And she still has feelings for them.
9: And objects that represent the companion field. Just what so I did yesterday. Whoa.
0: Probably like these calculator in the world. I'll see you in hell. That's Inspire. Look inspired.
9: that. It's a freaking 3D problem. So my third love, and probably one of the most prominent loves of my um, OS history, is um, Pierre de Fermat, um, named after the mathematician. My- <laughs> nah,
0: that's it. That's it. <laughs> I wanted to know about the wedding of Tetris. I don't want to know about your entire sordid history of love affairs. I don't know. I want to know how many broken object hearts you have left in your wake, young lady. This is about one thing and one thing only, and that is your love of Tetris. What's what's going on here? Let's skip ahead, shall we? There's
9: this um, anthropomorphic guy that I um, call Rhythmos, and um, he's just very interesting.
0: Hang on, hang on. Is this a hang on? Is this a pseudo personality here? Is this another personality we've got here? Oh, yes, yes, yes.
9: My secondary interest is actually
1: Beat Saber.
0: Beat Saber. I I don't know what this is. (laughs) We cover a lot of these kinds of videos on this program, ladies and gentlemen. I have not seen this before. I don't know what this is. This is new to me. First time you, first time me. I've got no fucking idea what's going on here. And I'm, I'm a little scared. <laughs> I, I don't know what this is. Have you seen this before? This is my Beat
9: Saber outfit.
0: Um, what is a Beat Saber?
9: Um, I essentially designed this um, outfit based on what Beat Saber appears to me in my head. He appears as this um, anthropomorphic guy that um, I call Rhythmos and... uh
0: Rhythmos. Rhythmos, the anthropomorphic Beat Saber. Okay. All right. She is marrying a fucking video game. So, like, this, is, this isn't this is even close to the weirdest thing that she does.
9: Um, he's just very interesting to me because, like, um, I love the game. And so I just, I decided I'm going to make a cosplay out of him, and I wore this MegaCon, and even the developers of the game complimented my cosplay. So um, I really enjoy wearing this cosplay because it makes, makes me feel closer to him. I am in love with Beat Saber, and I actually had a crush on Beat Saber for the longest time. Um, when, well, before like um, it was still in development, and he was
0: okay. It's a vi- it's another video game.
9: Really appealing to me, and
0: another cause save the beats.
9: <laughs> I have feelings nowhere near as strong as my feelings for Tetris, but I still have a lot of feelings for Beat Saber. I love this game a lot because, like, it's very intensive and I love the adrenaline Russia.
0: Okay. You know what? I can't endorse this anymore. <clears throat> Sorry. I do celebrate love. We love love on this program. We are a pro-love podcast, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm afraid I my only thoughts, my thoughts and prayers go out to Tetris. You know, the, I feel like Tetris is being given the raw deal here. I think Tetris has probably waited a long, long time for that very special someone to come across and make him a happy Tetris. And that special someone has spent the entirety of this video talking about why she's marrying Tetris, talking about all of the other objects that she loves. So I feel sorry for Tetris. I think Tetris deserves better. I don't know about you, but I think Tetris deserves better. Maybe they they can go on um, you know, Maury Povich or something at some point and get this shit sorted out. But I think Tetris deserves far better than what Tetris is receiving. And I'm sorry, um, object to sexual or not, she does, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to say she does come across like a little bit of a slut. (laughs) She loves all of these objects and all of these games. And she's marrying Tetris. And poor old Tetris is tucked away in the corner somewhere in a cartridge. Just watching her make sweet fucking love to all of these things and putting Dave's, you know, big silver prong on her tongue whenever she gets the urge to be buzzed in the mouth. So, you know, it's very disappointing. I can't I can't endorse that. Sorry. Uh, that brings us to the end of the Daily Boogie for another night. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to everybody who contributed to the show on DLive.TV slash Boogie Bumper. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Subscribe by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And if you would like to slip your smooth prong into my mouth and give me a buzz down the back of my throat, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'll be back Monday next week. Don't forget to follow our friends at RealPersonPLTCS, at ChrisMC44, at Censored, at UKNeil, at WinningTV at Mr. America the beard of truth Uh, don't forget also rational times joy of Pessy on a Saturday night until next time ladies and gentlemen stay calm, stay rational, God bless and we'll see you soon, bye bye opening the chest right now Happy birthday Ben apparently. Happy birthday to Ben. Didn't even know.